This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It's a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you're watching for the first time. Thank you for tuning in today. Now today on our telecast, we're going to discuss a, a topic that we're, we're calling three open things. What are those three open things? I hope that you'll stay tuned as we discuss them today. We continue today to offer the free Bible correspondence course that we are, have made available in times past, and we want you to have this course if you've not yet uh, received it. Some of you are hearing about this for the first time, and we want you to know more about the course and how to receive the course. So let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from the 8th chapter of Acts beginning at verse 35 and reading through the 38th verse. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. The New Testament church had its beginning on the day of Pentecost after Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. It was on that occasion that the Apostle Peter preached the first recorded gospel sermon under the Worldwide Commission. And the people who heard that message asked this question, What shall we do? And Peter answered that question in verse 38 in, of Acts chapter 2. He told them that they needed to repent of their sins, that they needed to be baptized for the remission of their sins. And according to the 41st verse, those that, that gladly received the word were baptized. Now in verse 47, we learn what happened to them after they were baptized. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They were told to repent and to be baptized. Some 3,000 of them did that, and this was for the remission of their sins, not because they were already saved, but in order to be saved. 
And there were about 3,000 that did that. And when they were saved, the Lord added them to the church. I want you to notice in that passage that the church was growing daily. The Lord added to the church daily those who were saved. The church of the New Testament had a rapid growth. For example, if you'll note in Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, how be, however many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Then you turn over to Acts the 5th chapter, and in verse number 14 we see again that the church is growing quite rapidly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Then you turn to Acts the 6th chapter in verse 7. Then the word of God spread and, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Then you turn over to Acts the 8th chapter. And in the Acts the 8th chapter, we find that the church was scattered abroad by persecution. Listen to verse 4. They therefore who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now one of those that were scattered by that persecution was an evangelist by the name of Philip. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. That's verse number 5. And in verse 12, the Bible says, And when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So Philip was preaching Christ in Samaria. That's the same thing that they did on the day of Pentecost, isn't it? And, and they were baptized. And on the day of Pentecost, they were told to repent and to be baptized for the remission of their sins. And, and Philip is preaching the same message now in Samaria. His work was interrupted, if you'll notice in verse 26, by an angel of the Lord. And he was told to go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of the Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him in the place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away and who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch asked Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? And that's when we read verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Philip had his labors interrupted in order that he might be able to lead this man to Christ. I want to suggest to you that even today, when we lead people to Christ, there are three things that were open in this case that must be open today. Three open things. First of all, there was 
an open book. When Philip came to the chariot side of this man from Ethiopia, he noticed that he was reading from the Bible. Be it said to the credit of the man from Ethiopia that he was not ashamed to be seen in public reading the Bible. And Philip noticed that he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. And the way that our English Bibles are divided with chapters and verses, he was reading from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. And he invited Philip to come up in the chariot with him. And Philip began at the same scripture, that is the scripture that the man was reading, and he preached to him Jesus. You see, they had, he had an open book. The eunuch had his book open, and he was reading it, investigating it. You know, there was a time that men would investigate the Bible, search the Scriptures. Nowadays, people are willing to take somebody else's word for it. They're willing to take somebody's experience that they may have had for divine truth. But the fact of the matter is we must search the Scriptures. In Acts 17 and 11, the Scripture says these were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. We need to be people who are searching the Scriptures, investigating the Bible. We must have an open book. There are at least three things that we can do with the Bible. And I submit to you that we will do one of those three things. One thing you can do with the Bible is reject it. Just totally reject it. You can say, I do not believe it. I do not believe that the Bible is the Word of God. I don't, I don't believe a word of it. I believe that the Bible is a book of fairy tales. I believe that it is a human fabrication. I don't believe it. And unfortunately, there are many people that do with that with the Bible. They don't accept the Bible. They reject the Bible. Now, a second thing you can do with the Bible is you can neglect it. It may be that you have a Bible and that you have it sitting on the shelf at home or maybe you have it on the coffee table right in front of the television that you watch all the time. But it's covered with dust because you never pick it up, you never read it. Or you may have some newspaper clippings that you've stuffed inside of it or you may have some picture that you put inside of it for safekeeping. So you know right where it is when you want it. But you never pick up the Bible, you never read it, you just neglect it. I think it's an unfortunate thing that people are neglecting the Bible today. In the book of Amos, in the 8th chapter, in the verse 11, the, the, the prophet talked about a time, about a famine there was in the land. He said, now this famine in the land is not a famine of, of food, it's not a famine of something to drink, but it's a famine of the hearing of the word of the Lord. Now, that famine was not the fact that people were not reading the Bible. 
God's word. The famine was that God had stopped talking to them. They had stopped communicating with them. And so there was that kind of a famine in the land in that day. But there's still a famine like that in the land today of the hearing of the word of the Lord. And it's not that God has not spoken to us, communicated to us, because God communicates to us through the book we call the Bible. In reality, what the Bible is, is the mind of God revealed to mankind in written form. But there's still that famine in the land. It is a famine of the hearing of the word of the Lord. And so we still have that famine today. But we need to have an open book. That's the third thing we can do with the Bible. We can accept it. We're either going to reject it, we might neglect it, or we will accept it. And when we accept it, we understand the Bible to be the inspired Word of God. Paul in 2 Timothy 3, 16 wrote, All Scripture, not some of it, but all of it, is given by inspiration of God. And so we need to have an open book. I think it's unfortunate that sometimes the Bible is closed in the very place you would expect the Bible to be open. Wouldn't you expect the Bible to be an open book in a pulpit? And yet that's the very place the Bible sometimes is a closed book because it's not being used to tell people what they must do in order to be saved. Rather than reading out of the Bible what a man must do in order to be saved, people hear someone give their opinion about what they must do to be saved. Or they give some experience that they have had trying to show them what they ought to do in order to be saved. And so in all uh, practical terms, the Bible is a closed book in the hand of an individual like that. It's not being used to tell people how they ought to worship God, that is, in spirit and in truth. They're being told you can do anything that you want to do in worship, just so long as you feel good and you like it. But we must have an open book to ha tell us how we ought to do things in worship. And the Bible is a closed book in the hands of some preachers because it's not being used to tell people how they ought to live their lives. And so we need to have an open book in the pulpit today. We ought to have a Bible in the preacher's hand. And he ought to be reading out of that book telling us, this is what God said. We need to have a thus saith the Lord for things that we teach in the pulpit today. Sometimes the Bible is closed in a so-called Christian home. Now, isn't that the very place you'd expect the Bible to be an open book? Because you see, the, the Bible is used in a Christian home to teach the children and teach the other people in that home. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses wrote in verse, verses 4 beginning, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt... Thou shalt Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. And the word which I commanded thee this day 
shall be in your heart, and you shall teach it diligently. Teach what diligently? Teach the word that I've commanded you this day. Teach it diligently unto your children. But one of the reasons that we're having problems with some young people today is at home they have the Bible as a closed book. The book is never open to tell them how to live, how to conduct themselves. They never have heard mother and daddy read the Bible to them. But now if we want people to come to Christ, we've got to have an open book. And they have to be taught what is in this book. In John 6, 45, Jesus said, And they shall all be taught of God. Everyone, therefore, that hath heard and hath and learned of the Father cometh unto me. So people have to be taught. They have to hear. They have to learn to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing that must be open is there must be an open mind. Now, here's a man riding along in his chariot, and, and someone comes running up to him and said, Now, do you think that you're, you understand what you're reading? And this man was not offended by that question, but rather he appreciated it. Why, well, he said, how can I understand unless someone is guiding me? In other words, I can't understand without somebody helping me understand, without someone helping me to learn. I think what this illustrates is that the man from Ethiopia had an open mind. His mind was not closed, it was open. Someone has said that a man's mind is like a parachute. It does not function properly unless it is open. We have to have an open mind to the truth of God. Prejudice is a great enemy of truth. And the world is filled with prejudice, all kinds of it. There's social prejudice, racial prejudice. There's political prejudice. My grandfather Lambert was, was a Republican. So far as his political leanings were concerned, everyone knew that he was a staunch Republican. My, my grandfather was a very short man, wore glasses, wore hat. As a matter of fact, he had a striking resemblance to the late Harry Truman. And the men with whom he worked knew how to get my grandfather stirred up. They would call him Little Harry. Of course, Harry Truman was a Democrat. And that stirred up my grandfather because, you see, he didn't mind being called Harry, perhaps. He just didn't want people to think he was a Democrat. You see, there's a lot of prejudice in the political world. And I think we know that. But there's also prejudice in the religious world, too. Sometimes you can uh, hear people say, well, you see it your way, and I'll see it my way. You have your way of looking at things. I have my way of looking at things. 
There was a preacher many years ago by the name of Marshall Keeble who illustrated the way that we should look at the Bible with glasses. And he would have some pairs of glasses and they would be colored glasses. One pair may be blue. And he would put on those blue glasses and he would say, now everything I see is blue. And then he would put on another pair of glasses. He'd say, everything I see now is red. He'd put on another pair and say, everything I see is green. And then he would put on a pair of clear glasses with no tint to them at all. And he would say, now everything I see is clear. We must look at the Bible through clear glasses. That is, we can't look at it with our mind already made up what we're going to believe about it. You see, we, we can't study the Bible with a closed mind. The fact is, we see what we want to see, and we understand what we want to understand. Isn't that true? So some of us have selective hearing. That is, we hear what we want to hear. And we have selective understanding. We understand what we want to understand. Well, if you have your favorite football team, and let's just say that they have won one of the most important games of the season, and the score is announced, and let's just say that the score is 24 to 0, 24 to nothing, it's been a, a, a crushing victory for your team. No one has to explain to you what 24 to nothing means. You understand that. Why do you understand it? Because you want to. You understand it because you have a desire to understand it that way. Now, if someone were to come along and say, well, you know, I don't see it that way. It doesn't matter how you look at it. 24 to nothing Nothing to 24, that, that's just a score. It doesn't really mean anything. Well, you know that's wrong. And the reason you understand it the way you understand it is because that's just the way it is. You're looking at it through clear glasses. And when we study the Bible, we have to study the Bible with an open mind. Jesus knew there would be people that would not do that. And he said in Matthew 13 and 15, for this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. You see, Jesus knew that, that you will never be able to see the truth if you've got your spiritual eyes closed. You will never be able to hear the truth if you've got your fingers stuck in your spiritual ears. You will never be able to understand the truth if you've got your spiritual heart hardened to the truth. We must put aside our biases, our prejudices, and study the Bible with an open mind. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, I just don't see it the way you preach it. Well, how am I preaching it? When I read of such passages, Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. I've had people say, I just don't see it that way. Well, see it what way? When all I have done is just read the verse to you. We've got to study the Bible 
with an open mind. Now the third thing that must be open is an open mouth. Verse 35 says that Philip opened his mouth and he, and he began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. I don't know all that he said. I know that when Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ, he, he preached things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ and they were baptized, both men and women. So evidently he said something about being baptized when he preached the name of Christ and, and the kingdom of Christ. And they were baptized. And he opened his mouth and he preached Christ to this man from Ethiopia. And then that man opened his mouth. And, and he said, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And then the eunuch opened his mouth again. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away that the eunuch saw him no more. And he, that is the man who had just been baptized, went on his way rejoicing. May I ask you why he went on his way rejoicing? Why the man went on his way rejoicing? Because now he was a saved man. He did what the people did on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.38. He did what the people of Samaria did, Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. They believed. They were baptized. They did what Jesus said to do. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. May I urge you to do the same. We must have an open book, an open mind. We must have an open mouth to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have forever to do right. I'm thankful that this man from Ethiopia did not say to the preacher, well, you know, I'll be back up to Jerusalem about this same time next year and why don't we meet next year at this same place? You give me some time to think about it. The man didn't need time to think about it when he found out what he needed to know about Jesus. I'm urging you not to think about it, but have some servant of God baptize you into Christ for the remission of your sins. May I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And the preacher will assist you being baptized for the remission of your sins. Also right now, before we close, may I urge you to pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course. Do that right now. And, and it will be the best thing you've ever done. I want to thank you for watching today till we meet again. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.